Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up, couldn't help herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her and he said unto her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she stood up and glorified God. The Word of God is telling us here, He didn't destroy the infirmity or the woman. He just separated the two. And I want to just talk just a moment about that. And we're going to go, because we're talking about healing. And sometimes we give in and we start saying out of our mouth because of what we see and what we feel. And see, God wants His people to be set free and totally made whole. Because you were born for such a time as this. People around you need what you've got. People around you need the glory of God. They need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring wholeness into their lives. So many times we're waiting for that, which has restricted us to die, to be loosed. But I want to tell you that it can still exist and not affect you. And I'm going to say that because when I was diagnosed with cancer three years ago, the fact that cancer was in my body, I was separated from that. I want you to understand something here because the Word of God was alive in me. And because I had walked through so many times and things of life, that was separated. Cancer was still part of what was going on in my life, but it was not my life. It didn't have me. It was a separation. And there are things that God is wanting to separate in your life. It doesn't mean that it's going to go away immediately. It means that it doesn't have a hold on you. You've got a hold on it because of who's living inside of you. The Bible says in the Word of God, For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested, that we may destroy the works of the devil. You and I have some de to destroy the works of the devil. And you say, how do I do that? Well, hang in here. We're going to show you. The word destroy in the Greek means we're going to dismantle what he thought he had on us. We're going to disarm those things that he thought was going to bring us down. We're going to break down whatever the Satan has built up against us to kill us. Jesus has already paid for it and he has broke it down already so that it wouldn't have an effect on us. It's not going to work on us anymore. It has been rendered helpless. So many times we see it and it's so powerful and then we begin to speak what it's doing rather than what the Word of God is saying about it. Remember the man that, uh, that, that had was sick of palsy and, and remember Jesus was preaching and he couldn't get into the house and, and so some friends helped him and they went up on the house and they took the tiles off the Word of God says and they lowered him down. Well when he walked out no longer was the bed carrying him. He was carrying the bed there was not destruction on either one of them but he saw and felt something yes he had been in the presence of Jesus but what do you do when you can't feel your feet like you want to what can you what do you do when it seems like you're struggling and, and things are going the way that you think they are but God starts working in our life as soon as faith will take hold 
How does faith hold, take hold in my life? Well, first of all, I have to know who Jesus is. I have to know what he did for me. I have to know about his resurrection. I have to know that that power that rose, that raised him from the dead dwells in me now. I have to understand that he was crucified for me. And what does that mean to me? That means that I don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. We all can agree on that. But yet we go around crippled in our mind thinking things we shouldn't do. Being so the life sucked out of us because we still haven't grasped hold of the fact that Jesus, our Redeemer, wants to heal our soul. And when we understand that, my soul can be well. Because, see, I was depressed. I sang the songs of depression. I felt heavy. I felt like I could never climb out. But I'm telling you what, when revelation hit me, when the Word of God hit my spirit, it was all over, devil. It was all over. didn't mean that I didn't feel depressed sometimes, because I did. I still know what that feeling feels like. But I can safely say that over 20 years, it never stays over a minute or two because he's not welcome in my house no more. And he used to cloak me so bad, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't know how to take care of my kids. I didn't know what to do because it was so heavy. But revelation of who he was and what that meant for me, that meant wholeness, that meant healing. It doesn't matter what comes after that revelation. doesn't matter that the enemy will try to destroy us. What matters is what I believe. What matters is does my faith really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I really believe that He is my deliverer? I'm going to hurry because I want to see what all God's going to do. One of the things that I believe is keeping the body of Christ bound and will keep us from moving on in victory like we should is something in our mind that we need to allow to be loosed and destroyed. And you say, what is that? Well, there's a lot of things, but I just want to throw this out at you because I believe that it's something that's called an infirmity that you might not call an infirmity. It's a judgmental spirit. It's that thing that makes you superior to anybody else because your thoughts have been above God's thoughts about situations. But the Word of God tells us not to judge another man's servant. And yet so many times we can be in a service like today and you can go home and you can talk about your pastor, your pastor's wife. You can talk about the praise and worship. You can talk about somebody that sits around you. We can talk about whomever and God is not happy. He said, I cannot prosper you in your soul until you get your soul lined up with me. You got to think like I think. God says, I want you to live in abundance. I want you to prosper in every area of your life as your soul prospers. If we think about how badly somebody has treated us, we will never be well. If you're hanging on to who said what, you'll never be whole. 
If your mind is taken up more by the hurts that have crushed you, you'll never be whole. If you think more in judgment about if they did it this way, they would be really great. No, God says we got to humble ourselves before him because judgmental attitudes and spirits will get us in trouble. Let me challenge you here with something. And this is an individual challenge. If God were to have a contest today, and he said, I'm going to give you a dollar for every kind word you say in a year. Think about it. You're in a contest. God is saying, Pastor, I'm going to give you a dollar for every kind word that you say this next year. And then he says, Larry, he says, but I'm going to take a dollar away for every critical word, condemning word, judgmental word that you say, at the end of the year, would you be rich or would you be poor? We have to think about it. Some would be in the hole. See, we need him to heal us because when we belittle somebody else, we're being little. Church, I didn't ask to preach this message today. But see, God's wanting to put his fire in the building. And he can't put the fire in the building if we don't make a few adjustments. It's just a few adjustments, nothing big, nothing major. He sees our, oh my goodness, Missy sent us a word this week. It was awesome. He's heard our prayers. He's heard our cries. He's heard, he's seen, and he knows. And he is going to move through this house. But I'm telling you what, if you can't let the little petty things go, the fire will burn it out one way or the other. Just remember, when you belittle somebody else, you're being little. We're going to get rid of that. Amen? See, God wants to send people into our life that has infirmities. Because infirmities can be a lot of different things. I don't know what the infirmity in your life is. You know, we're starting CR, and CR talks about it. It's, it's for, you know, it's for drugs and alcohol and, and hang-ups and all the different things. And a lot of people aren't going to come. Only those that... that decide to come or going to come. We're not judging one way or the other who comes or who doesn't. But I'm telling you, God does care about how, what we say and what we think. It is so important to him. Let's don't be little before him. Let's don't be little. The enemy has been able to keep us in bondage and keep us like that woman bent over with our infirmities bent over with strife, bent over with anything that keeps us in bondage. But when Jesus passed that by that day, he saw her infirmity. He saw that she was bent over and he said, shouldn't this daughter of Abraham be loose? Shouldn't this daughter be loose? Shouldn't the sons and the daughters in this house be loose? Amen. They should be. Amen. She straightened up and she glorified God. Now, just because she got straightened up and glorified God, praise God. You know, when God does something, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to praise him. And sometimes we're just praising in faith because we don't see the results yet. But we have been loose from it. But see, the enemy knows our patterns of life. And so he's watched us and studied us since we were children. He knows what gets under our, gets our goat. He knows what gets under our fingernails. He knows which buttons to push. He knows all about us. 
so does God. God sees our potential. And if we will remember that God's watching and knows our potentials, and if we know we're loose, then when the enemy comes back on that thing that got us before, he has to move on out because it doesn't get to us this time. God will put people in your path to help you change. Be thankful for all those people that just drive you nuts right now. Be thankful for them. They're going to help mature you and grow you up. If we don't have opposition, we'll never change. Remember how the... After she was set free and whole, the Pharisees... They just got really involved. They just like to say, well, what if it isn't really true? You know, what if she's not really healed? What if she gets really sick after, after testifying? Have you ever had the devil tell you that? If you ever testified something, then all of a sudden, you know, you got hit really hard? Well, of course you did. Of course you did. But whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe the report of the Lord or the report of the enemy that's coming back to your door and knocking again? The Pharisees, they were, they were, they were saying, oh, you know, you should, Jesus, you should have healed her on the Sabbath. They weren't even excited that she was healed. They just wanted to point their fingers. That's not who we are, church. We're not going to point our fingers at anybody anymore, right? Amen. We are not that church. That's not who we are. And Jesus answered them and said, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? He basically says, Don't you do some things that other people really don't think is the right thing to do? So why would you judge someone else? And I'm like, Okay, God, what does judgment and what does all this have to do with healing? And the Lord just really spoke to my heart. And he said, there are sick souls that I want to heal and set free. He has healed my sick soul. And forever I am whole. By his stripes. His stripes were for our total, total healing. And see, the church, so many times, we pray for the physical. And we pray for salvations. But church, we got to take care of the soul. The soul is so important because Jesus said, or the Word of God says that we're to renew our mind daily to the Word of God. Daily to the Word of God. I would say several times a day, the Word of God needs to come in our minds. Whether you're reading it in front of your face or not, you want to know enough of the Word of God to speak what the Word of God is saying and let that Word make you whole. That's what He wants to do for us today. Jesus was telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees and whomever sees was around. He was saying, she's important to me. This woman is important to me. I have a plan for her life because 
2,000 years and more, people are going to be hearing about, they're going to be reading about, they're going to be listening to preachers, they're going to be listening to somebody teaching a podcast or something about the woman who had been bowed over by an infirmity. We don't know what the infirmity was. We only think it's because she was bowed over. It must have been her back. It may have been her back. I don't know. I don't know what her infirmity was. But whatever it was, it was her infirmity. And God wants to heal every infirmity. He said, I got a plan for her because people are going to read and they are going to get hope. Their faith is going to grow because Jesus passed by and he told her to be healed. And she raised up and it was like, I can be healed. I'll take it. Yes, I'll receive it. And she received it and she was made whole. And that's what God is wanting to do. He's wanting our lives to be restored. He's wanting our healings in our home, relationships. You ought to go for that relational healing like like your life depended on it because you know what? It may. If you want God to use you, it probably does. Your marriage. Go for it and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on until my marriage is sweeter than it's ever been before. My sons and daughters are going to be saved and delivered. And, and they're going to be on fire from Jesus. It doesn't matter what I see right now. Delivered and made home. I know that many, many times... All of us have had those moments where you just feel like throwing in the towel. Everybody's had that experience for a moment, but it shouldn't last over just a moment. Your time span. You know, I, I, I remember back in many years ago, I remember saying, you can, telling my kids, said, you can, you can be discouraged and you can have a fit, but only for a moment. Because if you have a fit very long, that will be what you think about. That will be what you become. You can have moments of discouragement. You can have moments of things that you have to adjust yourself. We all have to adjust ourselves sometimes. That's just the way it is. But that's okay. But we're going to make the adjustments so we can move on so the power of God can do what He wants to do in our families and in our lives. Even David, he said, if I had wings to fly away, I'd do it. He had his moments. You know, we've all had our moments and that's okay. But we don't live in that flying away or the next thing you know, you're going to land somewhere you don't want to be. So we have to be careful. We can't let those moments grow in our life. Second Corinthians 4, I want to read this scripture because this is who we are. 7 through 11. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side. Yet not crushed. We are perplexed. Perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be made manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be made manifested in our mortal flesh. We are dying to ourselves. We are dying to our thoughts. We are dying to our hurts. We are dying to those things that want to bring us under. We are saying, no, I am resurrected inside of my spirit and that same power. Let me tell you now, that's some power when it can raise Jesus from the dead and bring him out of that grave. And he 
he said, I'm putting that same power within you, then we've got to know who we are. Solid rock, we need to know that we have resurrection power on the inside of us. The same spirit that Jesus raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in us. Do we know what Christ did for us and what that means to us? Number 14, verse 14. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Verse 16. Therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. What you're going through, honey, it's light. It's light. I'm telling you, when I look back on my life, I had someone tell me just recently, they'd read my book and they know some of my other testimony that's not in the book. And they said, you have been through so much. And I'm like, I have? That's what God does. Honestly, isn't he good? (laughs) Takes the sting of death away. Tammy, what you've been through, you're going to look back and it's going to be, I know I went through it, but it's like, and somebody said, gosh, it was so hard. And you're like, yeah, I guess it was. But look what God has done. Because, you know, that, that's the anchor of our soul, that hope, that faith in God. Do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Your inner man is strong, being renewed day by day. And when you'll let that go through your brain, I'm telling you, the flesh will respond. We've got to let it come out of our spirit into our soulish realm so that our body can be strong and powerful in the Lord. And I'm not just talking about whether you can walk, you can hear, you can see. That's not what I'm talking about because I'm telling you what, Paul was in chains. He was in prison and his body was so in prison, but he wrote the greatest books of the Bible because his spirit man was not chained. Therefore, he used the flesh to the good of you today. And that's what God wants to do in all of us. It doesn't matter what our situations are today. He wants to use us still in spite of those things that want to keep us bound. That infirmity might still be around, but it doesn't have me anymore. Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's because he wants us free and he wants us loose. I wrote these things down and I want to read a few healing scriptures and then we're going to, we're going to move on here. But I wrote these things down last night. And I thought, God, you've been so good to me. I can't possibly, I can't remember a lot. But I just named a few. And I said depression while I go, yeah, I was, I was pitiful. I didn't even like, I didn't like my pity parties and no one else cared. I thought I was going to die of a broken heart. Literally thought I would die of a broken heart. Not one time, but more than one time. Several times I thought I would die of a broken heart. But guess what? I didn't. Had a stroke because of a hole in my heart that I didn't even know that I had. (laughs) Miracle. I, I mean, I look at people. When I got out of the hospital eight days later, And on that weekend after I got out, a week after that, I got out on the Easter weekend. And a week after that, we were helping our son move down in Nashville. And we was at this restaurant. And there was a husband and wife. I don't know if you remember it, honey. This man had had a stroke. It was evident that he'd had a stroke. 
and his wife was helping him. And I just sit there and I bawled. God, you're so good. God is good. God is good. But you think, well, how did you get past the stroke? Because I'd got past A and B and C and D. That's how you do it. You just keep standing strong when the enemy comes in. You got to know who you are in Christ. Not in yourself. I don't boast of myself, but I boast in Christ Jesus who has redeemed me from the curse of the law because the curse of the law is sin and death. And Jesus came to give me life, not just life, but abundant life. How do I live an abundant life? I know what the word of God says about me. And it says that I am alive in Christ. Therefore, so get in line with the word of God. Speak it out of your mouth body go along with it no matter what it feels like or what it says macular degeneration when I was in my late 30s they sent me home with a the little thing that you remember Tiffany we had it on my bathroom door I was supposed to look at those lines and try to you know do all the exercises and and so I did you know I did those for a while I thank God for doctors I I mean I've used a lot of them through the years God uses them they're healers (laughs) But I was like, it just hit me one day. Amazing how, how, how revelations hit you one day. And I'm like, I'm 37, 38 years old. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I will not have a macular degeneration. This is just silly, stupid. No, that's not me. I went back to the doctor and for several times, I, same report, same report. But one day I was told, I don't see anything wrong with your eyes. And that's been a long time ago. I'm not anywhere close to 40 or 50. I know it's hard to believe. (laughs) Eight years. Ventricular tachycardia, and it was bad. Eight years. Sometimes I just crawl out of bed and come to church. Daryl said, honey, won't you stay? I said, no, today might be my day. Today, my healing might manifest. It didn't manifest until the day. Finally, I wanted to be that one in 100 chance. I've got one in 100 chance with God. That's a great chance. That's a beautiful thing. And finally, it came to the place where I I said, honey, we need to do something. I can't continue like this. I know it. Oh, when your faith is being sorely tried. (laughs) Did I have apprehensions? You bet I did. Was I nervous that morning? You bet we were. We cried and we prayed together and said, God, we trust you. Yeah, even though the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. They took me, my husband took me to the hospital. Dr. Lindsay put me in surgery. They worked and worked to get that that. If you've ever had an ablation, and I'd already had two, and they worked to get it to move, he couldn't get anything to happen. He'd studied that thing for eight years. And because of where it was so close to the coronary artery, it was just impossible whether they cut me open or whatever. But as time went on, they had new, new things to operate, new things to work. And he'd come out, and he told Daryl, He said, all I can say is darling got her miracle today. When I came out of surgery, I didn't look the same. 
Why did I have to go to surgery? I don't know. Maybe the doctor needed to that day. I don't know. But everybody that walked into my room, they were like, oh my goodness, you don't even look the same. No, I didn't. But sometimes it's hard to not faint in the middle of the struggle. But when we know who God is, we just keep on keeping on. Why am I testifying today? Because I want your faith to, I want your faith to rise. I'm only sharing these things because see, faith is rising in this house. Faith is rising in this house. That ought to make your faith rise. I'm telling you what, I almost jumped over the balcony this morning when I saw her come in. I know she was out of the hospital, but I didn't expect her at church today. But when I saw her, I was over flooded, Tammy, with the goodness of God. I was so excited. My goodness, we need to get excited when God's miracles show up. Did I expect it? You bet you I did, but I still get excited even when I expect it. While I was going through the eight-year period, I had a really bad thing happen with my esophagus. And it from a hiatus hernia that they thought was cancerous. But anyway, they had to do a surgery, a lapnesin, they call it. I can't say the other thing, so I just went the easy route. But not only while I was in the eight years struggling with my heart, I was having something terrible going with my stomach and my esophagus. It was a mess. I was a mess. But God said, darling, I see you in Myanmar. I see you in Burma. I see you in the Republic of Georgia. I see you in the Philippines. I see you in Africa. Every dream that you've ever had. I even went to Mexico and to the Republic of Georgia when I was going through this stuff. But God says, I still see you. Then, of course, breast cancer three years ago. I had breast cancer, but breast cancer didn't have me. Because all through, that's why evidence when I sing evidence, when I heard evidence, I was like, oh my goodness, I should have wrote that song. I didn't. Somebody wrote it for me. No, evidence. You can look at your life and see the evidence of the goodness of God. God wants you to see your purpose is much greater than your pain. Pain, we've all felt pain. We've all thought we were done and washed out and others around us, they were, they were putting in the shovel the dirt. Had it happened over and over again in my life. But that wasn't what the Word of God said about me. And that's not what the Word of God says about you. Church, your best days are ahead of you if you could dare to believe it. I am not moved by the fact that Pastor and I are, I'm going to be 70 next month. Who can believe that I would even say that? But I'm going to be 70 years old next month. God has a good preserving. Doesn't He do well? And my husband is 71 years old, and we are alive and well and kicking. Younger. Because see, the Word of God tells me, and I've said it over and over, that He restores to me the years that the locust and the whatever, and the canker worm, and all that ugly stuff that the enemy has brought against me. God, all I know is, God, thank you for restoring. See, church... He's a mighty God. I don't buy into old. I don't buy into sick. I don't buy into destruction because my God is bigger than all of that.
if I believe his word. One last miracle. And then I'm going to quit. Not last miracle I've had, but last one. Because I'm going to just read you some healing scriptures. God's going to heal you today. Oh, I don't even know how to to say this word. But it's interstitial. Something like that. I don't know if I got it even close. You, you, you probably know what it is, doctor. I don't know. Cytosis. Cytosis. Something like that. How do you say it? Yes. And so I never said the word. It was just, but it was a real disease and it was bad. I was one of those that it was bad. And it was bad on my house because the doctor tried to give me treatments to try to get the bladder to stretch. It was bad. It smelled in my house. It was awful. They worked hard. I was dealing with that over and over for several years. Oh my God, you're so good. Oh, you're so good. Little bitty church back there before we built this up here. Having service one night. Do you remember? You remember back there? Do you really? Wow. You remember that night when I danced all over the place? Yeah, two ladies back there remember. We were, we were, <laughs> we were praising God, kind of like this morning. And I needed to go back because I was always going back. Always going back. I needed to go back. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, if you'll shout for dance for me, I'll heal you. And I was like, God, if I do that, I got a problem. Like, you want to be healed or you want to have a problem? I danced all over that place. And yes, ma'am, I had, and yes, sir, I had a problem. But I was healed from that day forward. That's been years. We've been in here since 95. So it's been a long time ago. Doesn't mean I don't have other situations going on. But my God reminds me of those. And therefore, I just keep saying what the word. I'm waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body and on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. I have, I think it's somewhere close to 60, I don't have 60 scriptures here. You're, you're not in trouble. Nothing like that. But I have about 60 scriptures, something like that, that in the Bible at the time I was going through the heart situation. It was in the back of my Bible. I've still got the list. That's where I got some of these off of. I read them almost every day out of my mouth so that my mind could get renewed to the word of God and my spirit man stayed strong and my body had to finally respond. (laughs) There's something wonderful about the word of God. Okay, let's move on. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Do you know that healing is the will of God? Well, first of all, do you believe salvation is the will of God? Well, then it you ought to be easy to believe that healing is the will of God. Do you know that these bodies are so wonderfully made? They were made to regenerate and be healed. Deuteronomy 30, 20. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days. 
that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Obeying his voice, holding fast to him. He's our life and the length of our days. How long do you want to live? Uh, Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will restore health to you and heal of your wounds. The church has so many wounds. They're soulish wounds. Because you have, they have called you an outcast. That This is Zion. No other seeks her. It doesn't matter what the devil tells you that you're not going to be used. God says to us, I want to restore your mind. I want to restore that which the enemy has brought against you. Jeremiah, the Bible says, surely he has carried away our diseases. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. He wants our soul to prosper because then we're going to prosper in all things. People are going to look at you and they're going to say you're rich. See, we think prosper is just in money and money's included. Hey, pastor and I've been where we've come in here many times and we didn't have anything to give. But I like it better when we do. But we were faithful when we didn't. He didn't change the word of God, not one little bit. I'm going to read two more. I said it well ago, but I'm going to do it again. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to, to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. And then the last one, which I have said before. Actually, I'm going to do Psalm 103 instead. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So many times we forget he has wonderful benefits that he has provided for you and for me. But it's us to partake of them. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And pastor and I. We claim that. You should too because the enemy will try to come in and sneak in on you. The next thing you know out of your mouth, you'll be telling everybody how old you are. Stop it. I'm young in the Lord and the power of his might. The spirit of God doesn't age inside me. It does mature, but it doesn't get old. It doesn't wrinkle up and dry, dry up and wither away. No, uh-uh. It's muscles just get bigger and bigger. Stand to your feet this morning. Worship team, you can I believe with all of my heart that the plan of God for this service was to bring healing to people not only in this audience but those that have been listening by Facebook. I really believe that the Spirit of the Lord wants to bring deliverance to your household. Remember we started off with a little woman who was bent over with an infirmity. I don't know what you're bent over with. I have no idea 
what the enemy keeps trying to bend you over with. And I don't know if you've been suffering from 18 years or one year or all of your life, however old you are. I don't know what that is. But Jesus, he sees you and he says that you are important to him. And that this is your time. You were born for such a time as this. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And he wants to use you to reach a world that is so desperate to know who Jesus is. Everywhere you go, all around you, there are men and women and boys and girls that are desperate. They're so desperate to have answers that they can't find anywhere. So they're trying everything. But if we don't get it right in our soulish realm, we will just think about ourselves and what we're going through. I'm telling you, we can be hung up. We can be hung up from not having to what we have. We can be the enemy. If he can't get you with what you don't have, then he'll start getting you with what you do have. We have to learn to be wise. We have to be wise. He's a healing Jesus. I want to pray for you as a congregation today. And we're going to see what's what we're going to do next, okay? Worship team, I want you to be ready to sing. And we're going to see what God wants to do. Because see, I don't want you to go home like you came in. I want you to go home different. I want something to have clicked in the soulish realm that's going to change you. Doesn't mean that that infirmity isn't going to stand by and see if you'll take it back because I promise you it will. It will. It will. A few years ago, we were on vacation and it, and it was about five years ago. My heart was so bad that Daryl thought he was going to have to take me to the hospital. But I began to speak out the word of God out of my mouth. And my, in fact, when I got back to my heart, he said, darling, don't ever do that again. And I'm telling you, I haven't been affected since. And if it had kept on, I would have. And I told Daryl, I said, if it keeps on, I would. I'm not anti-anything. I'll take God's help from wherever it comes from. However I need to get it. But I'm going to get it. But I always give God time. I have found out that if I'll just renew my mind to what he said about me, the stripes of Jesus, I am the healed. Father, I thank you for this people that is in this audience today. I thank you for every one of them because these are your children. That man, that woman, that young person, you created them. God, you yourself ordained them to live in this day and this time because you have a plan for their life. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, maybe our stories will not be read like her story was. We don't even know what her name was. Her name was not put in there, put in the Bible. We don't know. We don't even know what her infirmity was. God, some of these people that's here today, they feel like nobody knows their name. Nobody knows what they're going through from the back to all the way to the front. Many times it's entered, nobody knows what I'm going through. But oh, you do, Jesus. You know exactly what your people are going through. God, those that are watching by Facebook, you know exactly what they're going through. You know what is troubling them. You know what is keeping them bound or keeping them down. 
but you created them. And no matter what the enemy says or tries to accuse them of, you're saying today that they ought not this daughter, ought not this son be made whole today because you have a plan, a testimony that's going to go forth and a purpose for their lives. So I thank you, Father, for hearts that are open, for minds that are open to receive, minds that have decided today, I'm going to say what the Word of God says about my situations. I am not going to let an infirmity of judgment, a judgmental attitude or spirit, I will not be critical towards others. I will not speak anything of, except life over other human beings. Father, I pray healing and deliverance in this house today. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from at the table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.